Connor Dunham. Welcome to Simulation. Thanks. It's great to be on. I'm excited for the conversation. I met Connor very recently, just a couple of days ago. And Connor and Jordan, Jordan Rain has uh, been a friend of mine seven years now very close friend and Connor and Jordan co-founded Soulbound Labs. Yeah. And so we're going to be talking about decentralized reputation. And we were having a good conversation about the importance of this. Um, I want to actually give a little bit of backstory before we go to the example you were sharing on the porch. Sure. Because I think it's very relatable for the audience, which is, Rather than taking the existing style of governance, which in many ways is like plutocracy, governance by the wealthy, to be able to buy voting power, and pasting that into Web3, into blockchain, crypto, etc. Because right now, it is coin or token-based governance, voting. So we had an example just happened a couple weeks ago where Beanstalk had a flash loan attack where there was a, a malevolent actor that took out a massive loan of, of Beanstalk's token and then hijacked the voting power, the governance to take out uh, $182 million out of their treasury. And then within 10 minutes, they did that whole process and returned the loan. Um, and they got $80 million through that process. And, and I don't know, thousands of people lost tens of thousands of dollars or something. It was, it was a lot of people that were like, what the, um, and so what Vitalik Buterin has been talking about for a while now has been moving beyond coin-based or token-based governance. And one of the big things that Connor and Jordan are pioneering here is reputation-based governance or merit-based governance. On-chain activity or events being uh, rewarded through non-transferable NFTs or badges or soul-bound um, badges. Uh, so a little bit of backstory of where we're going with Web3, with what you guys are building. So at least that. And then now I would love for you to also take over, share anything of what I just uh, said about uh, play on that. And we can also talk about what you were sharing on the porch as a good way to bridge this into the mainstream. Sure. Yeah, I think the, the Beanstalk uh, example is a great way to kind of like uh, explain why it is that we are developing new forms of governance. Uh, it's not really a problem with the, the smart contracts. It's not like there was a bug in the, the Beanstalk smart contracts. It's just the, the governance system that they're using had a flaw in it where someone can take out a flash loan and then exploit some contracts. Um, so this is a very hot topic right now in, in Web3 and lots of, lots of people are spending their energy working on this problem. Um, I was introduced to uh, the graph and sub... Uh, subgraphs about a year ago and I realized that uh, 
if you could get this information that a subgraph picks up and put it back on chain, then you could use it as a, as a form of governance uh, that it cannot be bought. So you, you can actually uh, give the governance power to the people that have actually done the things that are beneficial to the wider community or the protocol or whatever it is that is being voted on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> yeah, so there's a good thread to pull there. Um, and maybe I'll just table that because it already started going into subgraphs and uh, just for a bit because I, I w we will get there. I want to also have you mention the very relatable example that you were sharing with me on the patio about uh, the way that today we look at LinkedIn and what, how we feel like that will look in the future. Yeah, so right now, uh, you know, we, if you want to advertise what you've done in your past because you want to you know, get awesome jobs, you, you post your uh, employment history up on LinkedIn or, or something like that. And it's an interesting process because you know, no one's fact-checking fact anything there. Like you, can, you can make things up, and people do all the time, and then they get interviews, and maybe the interview goes well, maybe it doesn't. But um, the bottom line is that it's all self-reported most of the time. Um, and then the second side of that is you're sharing your data with this, this company, and if they, they go away, or you know, they, they can use your data to their benefit. Um, so a new system that kind of takes advantage of uh, blockchains and Web3 could be built where you can verifiably claim that you did things in the past. So you contributed towards certain protocols or you maybe you were a user of protocols. It, it can even just be for, you know, making a certain number of trades on a decentralized exchange or whatever it is. So anyone can come up with a new uh, criteria for what uh, constitutes a badge and then publish that in a permissionless way and then the people that satisfy that criteria criteria can then uh, claim an NFT that is non-transferable and therefore cannot be uh, bought and there, there could be voting power attached to that mm. um, it's optional so it, it, there doesn't have to be voting power attached to it but we imagine that uh, a governance structure that uses this kind of uh, non-transferable voting power has some benefits to it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be 100% badge-based governance and zero coin voting. There, there are balances there and there could be, uh, you know, you could take the best of both worlds and utilize them both too. Yeah, and move be even beyond it to something that's going to include a third or fourth element and stuff like that that's an unknown right yeah. now, which is... Which is cool this is like the first push let's say beyond just solely coin or token based voting um what you just shared there is super powerful because we're all very relatable example of going and looking on uh linkedin or basically even instagram or wherever because what's happening is people are using social media or the internet as an extended phenotype of themselves portraying out to the social sphere their merits right and so the idea is now can when i see somebody saying something on their linkedin or on their instagram about their proficiencies uh their skills how do we 
verify, and it's through um, on-chain events as to how to be able to verify this in the future. Like mm -hmm. that thing that you're saying that you did on LinkedIn, we're just putting that in a verifiable way on-chain, and then we're able to uh, have a non-transferable NFT that you um, have on your portfolio, uh, let's say, and then that verifies that the thing that you're writing on your LinkedIn or, or your Instagram uh, in the past and like web two, you were writing it that you did it, mm -hmm. but now in web three, you have a badge that is a direct correlate of an on-chain event. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it could be a collection of events. Maybe you have to do something many times or maybe you have to do five different things that met five different events and once you've done all those things and you get a badge yeah that kind of thing yeah this is so this is the cool like um way to understand this i would say for the mainstream like a mainstream perspective of understanding this i would say this is one of the most friendly ways is like man like web3 is going to be about badges to correlated to on-chain events that are non-transferable they're soul bound and that I'm going to have a collection of soulbound um, badges. Uh, and that uh, those are going to correlate to not only single events on chain, but like you said, multiple events on chain. So over a period of five months, if I do the thing one time per month, uh, and after five months check mark, then I get said badge. That's, right. So there's, yeah, that's cool. I love that. I love that. It's a uh, it's a very powerful um, way to visualize uh, reputation and merit. Uh, and then uh, I like another thing you said, which is crucial, is then it's merit based access control or reputation based voting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of uh, a lot of benefits to having sort of reputation-based voting uh, that's going in line with a token-based governance model because the interesting thing, about, interesting thing about governance is it's not necessarily a bad thing if people are not participating in governance. You know, if, if you don't need to contact your congressman, <laughs> then you can kind of assume that things are doing pretty well, right? Like if people don't need to talk to their government officials, then things are going well. So it's hard to tell when, you know, people are just not voting because they're lazy or if they're, they're voting because they uh, are not informed or whatever it is. But usually with uh, Web3 protocols, especially, there's like a kind of a smaller group of people that are, have like a larger stake in it. Maybe they're actually spending their time working on this thing. Um, and then there's people that are, are interested in it from like an investment angle. And the ability to kind of have more say if you have skin in the game, I think is pretty valuable. Um, and I think it's something that a lot of Web3 projects will be moving to in the next few years. Nice. Yeah. All right, venture us into the subgraph. So what you started unpacking earlier. Sure, so um, a subgraph, uh, so this, this is coming out of the graph protocol. Um, a subgraph is a, it's kind of like a set of instructions on how to index the blockchain. So 
once you have a set of instructions that tell you how to index the blockchain, um, you can have different parties, these are called indexers, uh, index the blockchain according to the, that set of instructions, and then they can serve queries to people that are uh, interested in accessing that, that information um, in a decentralized way. Because if everybody's agreeing that we're all indexing according to the same set of instructions, then we should all be uh, responding to queries in the exact same way. And so the graph has a whole system for how to handle uh, queries that are, uh, query responses that are incorrect. Uh, basically the GRT token is staked by indexers and if they respond to queries uh, incorrectly, they can get slashed. So they lose some of their GRT stake. Uh, so yeah, that's how subgraphs work. and. I guess the realization that we had at Soulbound Labs is that a, a subgraph could be used as kind of a, almost like a roll-up. Uh, so you can bundle up a bunch of interesting things that happened on the blockchain, uh, condense it into like a 32-byte hash or something really, really small, and then put it back on the blockchain with the attestations from the indexers so that uh, people can look at that uh, that thing that you post on chain and know that it's legitimate because a bunch of people are staking GRT and they could get slashed if they're lying about it. Um, so it's almost a form of like an optimistic roll up in a way. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> so <clears throat> indexing is a, a specific style of the data on chain. Indexing is storing data on chain in a specific way. Uh, not quite. So the, the data is already on chain. It's just uh, organized in ways that are not conducive to humans. <laughs> so indexing so, is organizing on-chain data. Exactly. Yeah. All okay. of the data is uh, publicly available. Anyone could look at the blockchain and come to the same conclusions that the, the indexers are coming to. So right now, if I look at an Ethereum block, it's not organized. Uh, it's organized according to standards that are, you know, meant for other smart contracts to read. To, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um, indexers further organize. Right. Okay. And the main use case for this right now, mm -hmm. uh, things like uh, the Uniswap dashboard that just displays all of the, you know, trading volume of all the different pairs and stuff like that, uh, that's built using subgraphs. So on the back end, they have a subgraph they're querying to come up with all the data to display on the website. Okay. So um, indexers are further organizing the data on chain. And then um, they're making that able to be queried. Okay, so the the idea of like the of the graph, not of subgraphs, but of the graph is to be able to um, make the data on chain queryable, retrievable um, for those that desire it and then 
to make like an inclusive stakeholder process so that indexers are incentivized for good behavior to return the correct yeah. data. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, the graph protocol is, uh, I mean, their end game is to create a, a decentralized marketplace for, for data. And it's not quite there yet because there's, there's still, the decentralization side has a ways to go, I'd say, but um, it's a great vision. And I, I really hope it plays out. <laughs> I'm happy to be contributing towards yes. this kind of thing. Yes. And now, um, so subgraphs uh, are, is it a way of um, visualizing indexed, what indexers are doing? A way of visualizing it like is it is are subgraphs a, a way of visualizing what is happening on chain the data on chain that indexers are organizing um i suppose you could put it that way but it's still like it's still all just numbers right there's no there's no ui there these are literally just like queries to a database so usually um yeah in its current form the most common thing you'll see being used with, with subgraphs are, you know, dashboards that kind of display data about certain protocols. Okay. And so then how do you envision uh, subgraphs in the process that we were describing and what is role and how do you roll up uh, like reputational or merit based data? Mm. Yeah. That kind of, uh, yeah, so, okay, so if a subgraph uh, defines the criteria for uh, earning a badge, then it can, uh, it can roll up all of the badges that have been earned into an encrypted, <laughs> an encrypted hash that is like very small. Okay. That, am I losing you? We're, I love this. We're going to break this down piece yeah, yeah. by piece. Okay, sure. so the subgraph is uh the um like what would be required as on-chain behavior to earn a badge that's defined within the subgraph that's defined yeah. within the within subgraph. the subgraph yeah it's okay. not the whole subgraph but it's part of it okay yeah interesting so yeah. then each uh dao or each community is designing their own subgraph um and then depend and then the on-chain behavior of of agents uh then depending on what the dao wrote as their subgraph would then reward those agents with the community's badges yes yeah exactly and then okay. the, just to add one more thing there the criteria for earning a badge doesn't have to be baked into the subgraph it could change like you can deploy a subgraph and then the subgraph can listen to a smart contract to see if any new badge criteria uh, should be tracked. And that's what you guys call foundry. Um, foundry it would be like a, that's what we're referring to as like a, like our governance, uh, okay. badge based governance. So, so when a DAO wants to update their subgraph, I thought you guys were calling that foundry. Oh, yes. Right? So, so yeah, if the governance determines that they want to 
update the subgraph, which would mean that the subgraph needs to track new events or new, you know, new stuff. Then yeah, foundry. That's foundry. To, cool. Yeah, to upgrade that. Cool. So that's um, yeah, one of the ways that that's how, that's what soul bound is calling that functionality is the foundry component to it dow's updating the subgraph um tracking new uh on-chain uh events to then give their community members badges um okay so that was the first part of what you shared was trying to un understand so one part of subgraphs is monitoring on-chain behavior of agents and then rewarding uh, those agents with badges. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then what was the second thing you said about <laughs> subgraphs? Oh, the... Uh, get, getting that information back on the blockchain, okay. I think. Um, okay. So, yeah, so a subgraph, it can award badges, but those badges are just existing oh. in the... Well, oh, really, in the indexers, right? So it's, as... As I would get the badge, then that data also needs to be placed on chain. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it doesn't need to be placed on chain, but we feel like there's significant demand for it to be on chain. There's also cool things you can do without putting it on chain. Okay. Uh, oh wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's another component to subgraphs. So it's yes. two so far. Yeah, and that so getting the the data from the subgraph and putting it back on chain is kind of uh, a technical problem that popped up for us kind of from the get-go really we initially planned on using Chainlink uh, as an oracle service to uh, get information from a subgraph and, and put it on chain but we felt like it was a complete overkill and that this could be done better by using attestations from uh, the graphs dispute process because they have a really good uh, setup for slashing indexers that respond to queries incorrectly Oh, so can indexers also put um, subgraph data on chain then? They could, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, really, okay. any... So it could be set up in many different ways, and okay. theoretically it could be permissionless, where literally anyone can query the subgraph for the latest state of the rollup, mm. and when they query the decentralized network, they get a response back and they get an attestation back from an mm -hmm. indexer. Okay. And so if you just post both of those things, the response and the attestation and the query to a smart contract, then the data could eventually be used once it's been sitting there for long enough that people agree that, oh, it's been here long enough and no one's disputed this, so it's got to be true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it does take that extra step of everyone agreeing, oh, how long does this need to, to be here before we can start extracting data out of it? And then after that window uh, is up, then essentially you have this tiny bit of data that you can extract badges from by providing proofs to a smart contract. And the way we imagine this working, uh, at least initially with Soulbound Labs, is that we will literally just mint all of the, the badges for maybe, maybe for a DAO. Like if a DAO wants to have badges for their users, um, we would mint all of them on a layer two because it's very cheap. And as long as you understand the subgraph code and you kind of understand the protocol that you're making reputation for, you have some kind of idea of how many badges will probably be awarded or at least some kind of upper bound, like, oh, we can't commit to minting 
five billion badges on Polygon, even if it's one cent, right? Because it's just too ex expensive. So there's that side of it as well. Like you have to know how many of these badges will come into existence and whether or not a centralized party is willing to mint all of them or if you want to keep it decentralized where like, like for example, maybe if there's no party sitting there minting badges for everybody and I did something that's badge worthy, maybe I could query a subgraph and then just post the response and the attestation to a smart contract myself. And of course, there's, there's not actually a lot of technical know-how behind that if you have a nice web app where you just click buttons and it, and it does it for you. Like it sounds scary because it's like, oh, individuals are querying a subgraph, why would I wanna do that? Uh, but really like it, it could be a good uh, use case for people that want to opt into their reputation instead of having someone just summarize all of their history and put it on chain without their permission, you know? <laughs> oh man, this is so good. Okay, so I'm trying to keep breaking this down in digestible ways. So, so is what is a roll up in this process? with subgraphs and data that's on chain? Uh, the roll-up is basically, you know, you're taking, well, you're asking like, what is a roll-up in general or for, for uh, this use, use case, like a, a subgraph acting as a roll-up? If I understand correctly, is rolling up just compressing data? Yeah, essentially. And it's, uh, it is also ordered. So it's, it's additive, like you can't, uh, in, in other words, like you can't remove a badge. Like once, once something has happened, the thing that happens after it has to build upon that. Got it. You it's know? additive. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can't go back in time on chain and change things. Right. Yeah. Immutability. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's additive. So, um, so actually rollups never in a sense decrease in size unless the compression becomes better. They're always increasing in size. In terms yeah, of the state data. of the rollup is always, you know, over time, its its history is growing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, how does this work with the subgraphs? What, what what does this look like? Yeah. So the subgraph. Uh, what does the rollup consist of with this? Yeah, the rollup. So it's it's looking at all of the things that the the subgraph, in the subgraphs, uh, in the subgraph code. You, you point it towards certain smart contracts and you say, oh, listen for, you know, events that emitted from this smart contract mm -hmm. and this smart contract. Yes. Um, and then whenever those events happen, here's how you should respond. Here's how you should organize your data. So is the, is the roll-up a compression of the subgraph? It's a compression of part of the subgraph uh, that you want to be in the roll-up. Okay. So, the, so in our case, what we're interested in is reputation. So yes. the badges. So what badges oh, were earned. I see. So your the roll-up is a compression of the repu reputation, of, of subgraph reputation. Yeah, just the badges, though. Just the, the ones that were actually earned. Like okay. the stuff that you want to take from the subgraph and put on the blockchain, that's the stuff that's in the roll-up. Okay. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So then I um, or any DAO can we uniquely program a subgraph to monitor for on-chain events. Right. And then that's rolled up. Yeah. That's yeah. what's rolled up. Yeah. That's what's compressed. Yeah, the actual events, not not the which oh, events to look for. Like yes. the actual events that happen as they cool. come in and they happen, cool. they get rolled up. And then up. that gets rolled up. Yeah. Very interesting. I keep I keep seeing this as some like ongoing like chain every whatever minute or the block of mm-hmm. the chain. And then I'm I'm visualizing it as some sort of like a like those thin silky hairs or something like that are just like kind of all pointing down that are all like looking for those specific on-chain events. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. And then like uh, as those are like bing, 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 like it, those happened, then that is like that's ro- what's rolled up. And then that's again stored on chain. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. That's okay. a good way of looking at it. Interesting. And that's a subgraph, this. Yeah. Looking but at, the, yeah. right. And the storing on chain part, the subgraph doesn't yeah. deal with that, right? Yeah. That's what you were talking about as a. Uh, an oracle that you were looking at potentially using. Yeah, so... Right. Yeah, and in in this kind of design that I just explained, the oracles would actually be the the indexers because they're the ones that are attesting to the data that is not... Even though it was generated on the blockchain, it was summarized in uh, a way that was not defined on the blockchain. So it's, uh, it's called a computation oracle, like you are... Uh, it's an oracle in the sense that it's providing data that's not native to the environment that it exists in. So, and then it's computation because it's it's literally just computing data that was derived from the blockchain. So oracles like Chainlink that provide price feeds, uh, it, it, it really is a different architecture than what we're looking for because we're, we're just computing data that was already... Uh, generated by the by the blockchain what in this visual that we were talking about where the indexer is needed in what specific process well the indexer is basically responsible for making this whole thing decentralized (laughs) so um, the indexers are staking grt and so if, if you're going to have any kind of assurance that an indexer's uh, response to a query is legitimate, uh, you need to know that they have some kind of uh, punishment if they lied. Right. So basically the DAO still needs to work through an indexer in this process. Um, y- yes, it needs, it needs indexers indexing their subgraph. And... It's not like they need to go find indexers and ask them to run their subgraph. Like yeah, yeah. the graph protocol has a pretty good uh, system for, you know, they have curators. So curators are responsible for signaling GRT on subgraphs that they think will become big. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anything like if you see a subgraph and this is, you know, you have to 
kind of know your way around Web3 to, to understand this stuff. But um, if you feel like a subgraph will have high demand in the future and people will be querying indexers that are running that subgraph, then you can uh, stake your or signal your GRT. And then if it does become big later and many other people start curating on it, then you've now made a profit because it uses a, a bonding curve. So the people that, mm -hmm. that buy curation shares early buy for a lower price than mm -hmm. yeah. know, ones that buy later. Very interesting. So curation is sort of like projecting out subgraph popularity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay. Um, all right. So, <clears throat> so one of the big questions maybe that um, we can also uh, leave the audience with is what would you in your communities look for as uh, on-chain events that you would like to reward? Us as Soulbound Labs? Like what, I, what I'm of... talking in terms of uh, the viewers listening. Oh. Yeah. So for them, a question that they would ask themselves would be, well, uh, what, what would I, as a DAO or as an organization, what would I want to reward as on-chain behavior with badges mm -hmm. that would then give merit-based access control or reputation-based voting in my DAO or company? So, yeah. so what would they want to look at as on-chain behavior like for yeah. their unique initiative? Yeah, it's different for every initiative, right? So you have to define, I mean, I, I think it, it ties in with your business model. Like what, what are the on-chain actions that people that have skin in the game in your protocol are performing? And those are the ones that, you know, you want, you want to award reputation for. A, a good example, it might be a little bit uh, too, too like crypto native, but uh, Uniswap, uh, a little over a year ago did a airdrop to um, users of their protocol in the past and, and so people people that traded on Uniswap many years ago were uh, rewarded for just using the protocol <laughs> literally just using the protocol and so uh, oh, and they also they launched a liquidity mining pro uh, program so you could provide liquidity through Uniswap and then get rewarded with this governance token uni um, so one one thing that i kind of thought of uh at the time was like oh it seems like uh uniswap governance would want to reward people that don't just liquidity mine and then immediately sell the uni token you'd think that oh maybe the maybe it would be more valuable to the protocol to give people more voting power if they liquidity mined and then held the uni token or put the uni token in another Uniswap pool. <laughs> like that's the best, right? If you, if you literally take the governance token and then put it back in the protocol, like it doesn't get better than that from uh, you know, a protocol perspective. So it just seems like there are things that could get rewarded that are not already built into smart contracts and subgraphs can be used to reward people for those things. And hopefully years from now, many more of our real world events are uh, recorded on the blockchain so you can then reward mm. reputation for them you know if a university is willing to um, post on chain who has received a diploma then 
you know, you can build off of that. Yeah. And it's all composable. Okay, so we're putting real world events on chain and then we're having uh, communities create subgraphs that are looking for specific events on chain to then reward uh, people with badges, soul bound NFTs saying that, yes, we can verify that this person did in fact um, have this on chain event or this series of on chain events that then, yes, reward them with a soul bound NFT. Yeah. So, so a big part of, of the future is putting real world events on chain and then for communities to create subgraphs to look for those events on chain to then reward their community members. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Okay. Now this is great. I think we did a good job both getting into like the vision and um, big scale stuff, but also tr trying to get into these technical weeds <laughs> that are like, man, it does take a good amount of time, like going in deep to really grok this stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you feel like there are other components um, to the technicalities that you feel like um, you want to share that could be helpful? Or do you feel like, Oh, we did an okay, okay job covering that. I think we did a pretty good job covering it because it, it really is still uh, in development. Like these are things that we're currently working on. And so I, I don't want to like make any promises about, oh, this is how we're, <laughs> we're designing it. And then we end up going another way. You know, this is all innovative. It's fun. Uh, yeah. Super fun working on this because it's uh, cutting edge, you know. And I like that. It's flexible. It's a dynamic uh, it flows so um, yeah I do I feel like this has been a great like first like this is what Soulbound Labs is up to and this is what's possible this is what's possible to go beyond uh, coin based governance into reputation and merit based governance and access control voting which is really cool right and right now there's an obvious demand for this in web3 uh, but I just imagine that years from now more data will be posted on the blockchain from the real world and not as a result of soulbound labs or reputation protocols uh, but just because there are benefits to posting things on chain where everybody can see it and it can't be taken down can't be censored so in an environment where more things are getting put on chain then reputation systems that are only looking at the blockchain become much more valuable and yes, useful. You know? Yes. Yes. Cool. Yeah, a world where reputation and merit systems are constantly scanning blockchain, which is putting real-world events on, uh, on chain and then um, rewarding community members for um, that that's yeah for for reputation for merit and for access control for voting power that that makes I mean it, it just feels like it makes sense like in the in the heart and the gut uh, in the mind it really just feels like yeah like that makes sense and it and it protects us from uh, like we were sharing earlier 
flash loan attacks or just plutocracy or um, any of the things of the past that we can feel like no longer work for the whole really well. Um, there's still too many, let's say, holes or leaks or um, attack points and to smooth to smooth all of those, as many of those out as we can with uh, reputation and merit-based governance, access control is exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice, man. Do you feel like uh, anything else about the vision? Or I mean, I think it's important probably to mention like, so best place to find Soulbound Labs is emblemdow.com. Right? Yes. Um, and you said that's your first adapt. Emblem is your first adapt decentralized application. Right. Cool. And then that um, that has two main things cooking right now: Rollbot and Soulbound Studio. Right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so Soulbound. Yeah. Go ahead. You can maybe. Should we explain those? Yeah. So uh, Soulbound Studio is kind of this idea for um, a, a user interface for like creating reputation with like a, a drag and drop type of flow where instead of actually writing subgraph code you can you can look at at icons and drag things around and and determine the criteria for winning a badge and then the idea is that once you've once you've determined that criteria you can click a button and it just generates the subgraph code for you so it so really cool. lowers the bar for so cool. creating reputation yeah and then a robot uh, <laughs> anyone that has been in web3 discord servers knows that there's a huge problem with uh, scammers and <laughs> as soon as you join a discord server you, you get a bunch of messages from random people pretending to be from the team of the server you just joined and they're whatever they're trying to do like get your ETH or whatever it is um, <laughs> so rollbot is a way to verify uh, that a discord user also owns an account that has some reputation attached to it. So like, for example, in the graphs discord server, there's an indexer channel where all of the indexers communicate about, you know, upgrading their node or just quite random questions that they have and just being able to communicate with each other is nice, but anybody can join that channel. You don't have to be an indexer to join it. So there, there are improvements that could be made on discord servers, uh, to really just improve the quality of uh, conversation that happens there. Because there, there is a lot of uh, benefit to having a platform like Discord to yeah. communicate on. And the, the cleaner we can make it, the better, I think. So Rollbot is then showcasing that this uh, agent in the Discord server actually has a high reputation. Right. And yeah, it could either be access control, like you can only get in this channel if you have these badges. Or you could also maybe like when you respond to a message, uh, it shows your badges next to your name or something yes, like that. So exactly. that people know right that away. the people are talking have actually done these things yes. in the past. And yes. They're not just bullshitting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then uh, it would be good also for you guys to check out what um, Connor was mentioning about Soulbound Studio to just even go. And if you feel like it on uh, Emblem Dow, you can find this little GUI and begin like playing around with what you're your subgraph architecture would look like, your badge reward system, what that would look like. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, <clears throat> and so yeah, emblemdow.com, uh, the ability to what join the Discord 
if it resonates, follow on Twitter. It's Soulbound Labs. That's right. Right on Twitter. Yep. What else are good uh, action items? Um, if you're really interested in what we're building, uh, contact us on Discord. I think is is the best. Is the best. And we have yep. we use Notion and um, a lot of our kind of. The stuff that we're working on that hasn't been fully developed yet is in Notion, and if you're interested about that stuff, you can you can message us on Discord. Well, actually, I think you can access it just by going to soulboundlabs.xyz. That will take take you to our Notion. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. So all of these links will be in the bio below. Um, so go and support. If this resonated, go and support. This is the best way, as you guys know, um, is to is to join these initiatives that most resonate with you. Um, and also if the video resonated with you is like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet, comment below with your thoughts on the video, on what Connor's sharing around the mission and the vision and the implementation of it. And also share the video with others that you feel like this idea, this vision could um, positively influence and maybe even get involved in the community. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, those are the biggest things. I'm super excited for the continuation of Soulbound and, and the vision, man. This is beautiful stuff. Exciting. It's been great being on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a powerful uh, beginning to our friendship, too. I'm really excited yes. about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to get even better tomorrow with Spikeball. Spikeball, baby! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So excited. On the beach. On the beach. On the in beach. Santa Cruz. In this beautiful Santa Cruz, California, man. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Infinite love. And we'll catch you soon.